0: Everybody, Welcome back to another edition of the teardown. My name is Jeff Block. I'm a writer for the athletic and I'm along with my co-worker Jordan Bianchi and my full voice. Jordan's back. I, was I didn't say it would that. Go, away, go away forever. I mean, I didn't say that. Well, you inferred it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are here at Taldega in person. Hopefully you can tell. Um, we're sitting in a radio room after the first non wildcard race of the playoffs, <laughs> even though he only took five races. And it only took coming to Talladega to have a call. <laughs> of all race. places,
1: yeah. It's just wild. Like I would never have guessed. Like it was the antithesis of this playoffs. Like you're pretty straightforward. This is as straightforward a super speedway race as you can get. I mean, it really was. It, it was it was a good race though. It wasn't bad, it wasn't boring. It just was not the usual craziness that you typically associate with speedway racing. Right. I mean, yeah, we get the first uh we get the first playoff winner
0: um at the the track where you'd think oh this is this could be a great opportunity for the 20th new winner of the season mm-hmm. if, of all places. Well, we almost
1: got it too, Blaney. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was this close.
0: Um yeah, and and of course you think this is going to really mix up the playoff picture and you know, turn things on its head even more after four crazy-ish races to start everything and all the chaos we've been talking about the last few weeks. And uh yeah, um all the player playoff drivers finish the race. Yep. Um, the only the guy who had the worst finish, Joey Logano, that was a weird day for him. He lagged back on the overtime <laughs> restart, which he said he didn't like other people doing, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to try it because they're going to wreck. They're yeah. definitely going to wreck, which I of course thought. I right? think we all thought over those last yeah.
1: couple laps, like they're going to want him up. So he
0: ends up finishing three uh, three point one seconds behind the pack as the last car in the lead lap, and he gives up a chunk of points because he was trying to play it safe and thought everybody would wreck and he would just be able to pick up positions. Because uh, he came into this race as the points leader, <laughs> it didn't happen. So basically, everything we thought was potentially going to happen in this race didn't happen. And in the other races where we thought would they'd be calm or straightforward, like Texas, not the case. So who knows what's going to happen? We're halfway through these playoffs now. We still have no idea what's going on. But Chase Elliott, we do know, is the first driver to win his way into uh, the next round. He is on to the round of eight, Jordan.
1: Nice win for him. needed that really choppy one round one, just up and down, didn't have execution. They kept making mistakes. You know, they finished second at Bristol, but they just never really felt like they were putting full race together. and that continued into round two at Texas. They're leading and then they have a, a tire issue and he ends up feeling a fiery crash. and you're like, oh boy, and he comes here and he gets the win. And now you're looking at the season, he's got five wins. Locked into round three. Um, They've got speed on intermediate track, so presumably he's going to do well at Las Vegas. He's won at Martinsville before. Um, Homestead is probably in his wheelhouse. He's never won there before, but in his wheelhouse. And you're kind of thinking, okay, like his path now, especially with the playoff points, he keeps racking up. His path to the championship four feels pretty straightforward.
0: Well, I mean, you've gone from we're saying, oh, boy, you know, he had that great regular season. He's kind of thrown it away in the opening race of each round. And, you know, is he going to be able to survive, keep doing this and all this stuff? Now, you you not only have to think about all the points you made about, okay now he's you know through and he's already having a good season. He just added six more playoff Mm -hmm. points for the next round um, because he won uh, stage two in very fine fashion today when he made a a sweet move on Kyle Larson. Um, So... You know, he's in great position. In fact, even with the fiery wreck at Texas, if you look at the straight up point standings yeah. from from just this round, not even um, the season as a whole, which he's obviously still leading the, the traditional type standings. But just for this round, after two races, he is the points leader, not not, you know, no. the win aside, like he's the points leader. He has the most points. Um, so he's just yeah, it's it's suddenly it goes. I mean, it's it's the wild swings of these narratives. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up with. Uh, because again, we we look at Christopher Bell, oh. <laughs> and we're like, oh that's, oh, that's the championship favorite. Now he's he's in big big trouble. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, on the the plus side of that, Chase Elliott is setting himself up very nicely. Very um, doesn't have to worry about uh, a Kevin Harvick type incident uh, of trying to wreck him out of the Roval this year. No,
1: but and then but that's a really good opportunity though. Though he can go there with the mindset of, hey, let's just get point. Let's go for the win. We don't have to worry about you know, being conservative in strategy, let's just go for the win and go after it, get staged. And it puts, and then they can do that and that these one half the races at like that's, he's got a good opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd feel very good if I was him right now. Um, let's talk about how he won it and then we'll, we can talk about the other playoff drivers. So, you know, it was, it, you had a Talladega race where there wasn't a big one and it was building toward sort of like that. Uh, it, it felt like they were going to wreck. It felt like they were going to wreck any time. Um, all of a sudden, just as it's really about to, like, boil over, perhaps, with, with guys positioning themselves <laughs> for the end, Daniel Hemrick is trying to come off pit road and stops. Like, yeah. he, his car was basically stranded at the end of pit road. Lost power. And, you know, I understand why they threw a caution because I, I don't really know how you get that car off pit road. I mean, I guess you could...
1: No, you can't. They, I thought they made a really good point in the NBC broadcast, which was like where he was positioned at the very end of Pitt Road. We have seen a lot of crashes yeah. where vehicles, trucks, cars, go spinning through the grass and impact that area. You can't do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's –
1: yeah, it's not safe. So they had to
0: come get it. But it's a very weird reason yeah. for a wreck, especially late in a race. I mean, it's, you
1: don't very – rarely see that.
0: Yeah, but that sets up the equivalent of a green-white checker. Now, it was still in regulation, yep. but it was a two-lap shootout. Um, Chase Elliott, though – on that restart is restarting fifth. And this was a day where the drivers were talking about track position was so important. They could hardly pass. And, um, you know, because Denny Hamlin said, you know, very firmly after the race, this is a two by two race car. You cannot really, you can't really create a third lane with these, uh, with this car. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't make up speed like you could with the old car. And that's why we saw them pretty much the two even lanes all day. Pretty much. I mean, that's what, that's what they did. Um, and, you know, respect to the drivers for, you know, pushing it as hard as they could without wrecking. I mean, they, they all seemed to sort of figure out where the limit was, uh, as Chase put it. But so Chase, you know, on this restart, he he decides, you know what, I think what I need to do is I need to get to the top because um, he figured the, the, the guys that were already on the bottom, they weren't going to move off the bottom, mm-hmm. which why would you, right? So he moves up to the top and then he ends up getting a pusher with Eric Jones who Who's- stayed... Great. Really, really, really committed to him. Yeah. And, and he was, yeah, he had a really solid race in general, fast car. And I mean, Eric Jones like pushed him for a half and a half. And, and it looked, it still didn't look like they were going to have the advantage because when McDowell was pushing Blaney on the bottom, you think, well, they've got two Fords linked up there and Hamlin's behind them. And, you know, that Ford power, they're going to stay linked up or whatever. But for whatever reason, like McDowell and Blaney just came like a little bit connected. Jones was able to stay pushing chase and chase was able to get enough. You know, he, he got boosted way out there and it was so far out that run that he had that even when Blaney started coming with a run at the very end,
1: he couldn't do anything. Now people ask afterwards, could Blaney have moved up to block he, he was going back and forth. Like he kind of kicked himself a little bit. Like, you know, hindsight's 20 Like, he's like, yeah, I could have maybe have done it, but he didn't want to get caught three wide in the middle and get sucked back. He didn't want to wreck. He was in, in line for a really good points day. It was kind of this, you know, balance. And it was just – you know, and he ultimately decided not to make the move. And you know, hindsight twenty twenty, would he have? I don't think so. I think he was very. I think he, in the moment, because you heard the audio, right? I mean, on the, on the car, he was very upset. But I think when he got out of the car and like processed it, he's like, "Wait a second. I won a stage today. I finished second today. I'm leaving here in a good spot. I had a decent race at Texas. I'm going to the Roval with a good, you know, points in my pocket. Like, and that's kind of what it came down to. I mean, look. um,
0: I, I actually think he made the right move, I even though he didn't yeah. win. He he told his team afterwards, like, I didn't want to come off the bottom, and I think that that remember how this race was won in the spring? It was uh basically a, a clean, you know, finish. Ish, yeah. yeah, finish, and and the seas kind of parted as the guys battled in front of Ross Chastain. You know, they they kind of got into it, and Ross Chastain just went...
1: Mm, I'm not, he, hugged, he, just, he literally hugged the yellow line the entire way, and then it just kind of like the line opened up and yeah. just drove to the win, and there you go. So I'm sure, you know, all these guys study this kind of
0: stuff, and I'm sure, you know, Blaney's like, well, look, I have McDowell, who's a great pusher. He's a Ford teammate. He's going to stick with me. Um, why would I try to, yeah, I mean, block that move, possibly wreck myself? It, it's it's still a points race, you know, all that stuff. And, and I think had he not... He, you know, I think the one thing is that, and he said this, like if he had recognized that McDowell came disconnected from him just a little bit sooner, he maybe could have dragged the brake back to McDowell. And even McDowell said, if I realized Denny came off me, you know, maybe I could have dragged back. And, and But that happened so fast. It's it's this But is that like, was still the right position is yeah, my
1: point. Like you, you, uh, to me, I'm a, I'm a process person. Like, you, you, you know, I you play the percentages and the percentage there is do exactly it. Hug the line. Don't go up and start throwing blocks because one or two things are going to happen. One, you're opening up the bottom line for somebody to get by you. Two, you slide up and try to throw a block. You got a good chance of getting clipped, and things happen. I, I think he made the right thing, and I, and I think in the big picture, this is a really smart move. That's going to, for a driver who doesn't have a win, by the way, this year. Like it'd been really easy for him to say, "Oh I man, I need that win." Like no, like take take a step back, breathe. I think he's in a really good spot. Yeah, and he
0: is the top uh, driver in playoff or in points, aside from. You know, Chase Elliott, obviously, going into the Roval. So he's in decent uh, shape now. So uh, he is plus 32. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Blaney plus 32 going into the Roval? I mean, pretty good, right? Really
1: good road course racer. With one at the Roval before. Um, that's his position. And, and, you know, the road courses are about strategy, right? You really have two ways. There's only really two ways to approach road courses. You go for the overall win, which means pitting right before the stage end. And you give up track position, but then you get it back in the restarts. Or you go for stage points and you forego kind of winning the race because of the way the cycle works. It's really hard to do that. If I'm him, it's pretty clear cut what I'm doing. I, I Yes, I would love to win the race, but realistically, I'm going for stage points. Like, right?
0: Yeah, you probably only need probably half a dozen yeah, stage like, points you really
1: something. approach stage one really conservatively like we're going to go for stage points and we're going to put ourselves in a good spot especially there where a lot of nut- nuttiness happens i think he's in a really good spot and they can it gives them a really clear mind of what they need to do interesting that the race
0: um ultimately came down to the two stage winners today um blaney wins stage one chase wins stage two um what? Am I wrong? No, you're right. Oh. I
1: didn't think about that. It was a good point. I was complimenting you. I'm oh. to be
0: nicer to you, Jeff. Wow, thank you. So I, I, saw, I saw your reaction, like you're looking at me, and I'm not used to seeing like a complimentary facial expression from you. So it don't just happen like, oh, often. What did, what don't did happen do? often. What did I just say? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but it, it, it really was, and they said that this would probably be the case coming in, but it really was a track position mm-hmm. race. And you saw... Um, you saw situations where guys and, and they emphasize this on the broadcast a lot too, but you, you, you just can't make up those spots. And so the guys who were pretty much up front most of the day and the guys who were, you know, in general up front on the, on the last restart, those were who finished up there. Like here, here was the running order, um, coming to, to the, uh, green, white mm-hmm. checkered essentially. Right. Uh, Jones Blaney McDowell, Chastain Elliott were the top five. Um, Let's see that they finished. Uh, those were, oh, and and Hamlin. So the, yeah, those were the top six. Those were the first three rows, and that was the, they finished the top six, I believe. So there you go. And then Todd Gilliland finished seventh, and on that restart, he was. Oh no, he was ahead of Hamlin. So oh, so the, okay, I can go even further. The top seven on that restart finished as the top seven in the race. Um, that's,
1: I mean. It, track position was key yeah. we, we heard it in the broadcast and listening to dale Earnhardt jr who is a really really good broadcaster especially in super speedway races it is like a it's like listening to a professor you know like educate you he was talking about because blaney at one point in stage two he said i'm bailing i like i'm going to the back i don't feel i think it was stage two right and he said i'm going to the back i don't feel good i feel like i'm gonna wreck and Earnhardt was questioning that saying why are you giving up track position you know that's a bad decision in this race where it's so important. It's hard to pass. It's not running three wide. You're two by two all the way back. Like you're not going to get that back. And and Blaney was able to make it work, but a lot of guys weren't. And you look at the guys who had, at various times today bailed. They weren't able to get it back because it, it was so hard to pass. Okay,
0: so you gave me a little bit more time on this. It, it this is our this is the nature of the live uh, oh live God. to podcast on this though. No 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 math. But the top nine drivers who were one through nine on that restart okay. ended up finishing all in the top nine they a couple of them switched positions here and there and like including Elliot went from fifth to first mm-hmm. but that that I'm just trying to emphasize what a track position yeah. race was but you didn't have any moves to make you you were either in one lane or the other lane that yeah. was it yeah you couldn't you, you could, can't make a third lane that was it so
1: they tried at one point to make a third lane work today and it just it didn't happen.
0: Well, yeah, a couple times. I mean, early in the race, it looked like it was going to have momentum. Gregson actually started it. Yep. Um, and then a couple guys joined in. Uh, Bubba Wallace joined in. Uh, and then Stenhouse got up in front of it and seemed like they had some momentum. And then Harrison Burton got up in front of it. And it just the, – the push that he was taking from Stenhouse didn't work out for whatever reason. And that was the only wreck of the day, really. I yeah. mean, that was um, – you mean you had LaJoy –
1: have his only his tire only, it was the only multi-car wreck of the day which yeah. is very rare. and it was a very by tal vega standards it's very mild like uh, right. a lot of those guys who ha- got into it stenhouse logano gregson there's somebody else in there too um they were all able to continue algeier uh, uh, syndrick they, right, they actually they right. actually a lot i think four or five of them were able to rally back and finish in the points in stage one
0: yeah i mean you ultimately you had 27 cars Finish on the lead lap at, at Talladega. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you didn't have the big one, no attrition. really. Um, and, and so that, that sort of shifts us to, and, and we'll come back to the playoffs in a minute, but you know, the, the big feeling in the garage this morning, there was a big, a big sort of tense feeling of, of sort of dread. Uh, obviously, you know, if you paying been paying attention, any attention at all, the, the concussion thing has sort of been hanging over everybody. Alex Bowman, we didn't get to talk about in the last podcast. We talked about his wreck at Texas, but we didn't talk about him missing time uh, because of, of, of a concussion. We didn't know that until, what, Wednesday or Thursday or something, right? Thursday. Thursday. Um, so, you know, uh, that that became the topic of the weekend it, with everybody sounding off about it. Chase Elliott, um, in a rare, uh, very opinionated session, spent 15 minutes going off about uh, the safety of the new car and how it's gone backwards. And you just can't believe we're in this position. Um I mean, obviously a Denny Hamlin, very strong comments. Um Really every, I mean, th- many drivers were, were chiming Warwick in.
1: Larson, even who's not really an outspoken. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, so that was the topic. And I think there was some legitimate concern going into this race, obviously like, okay, we see that even a minor hit from the rear can really hurt these guys. And here we are at Talladega and what's going to happen. Um, so, Larson said after the race, when he walked up to the, the media bullpen, he's like, I, I know you guys are probably going to think that we were just, you know, playing it conservative and, and we were just trying to take it cautious out there. Um, but we were really going for it. And I, I said, actually, it didn't look like that at all. Like I, I thought, because I thought they were going to run maybe like single file for much of this race and just log. Yeah.
1: I, just, I never got that. I never. You oh, never yeah. thought. I understood I, why I said that. Yeah. I, I mean, you thought initially they were going to do that. Right. At the drop. I thought that they would just be
0: like uh, – it would be very, very, very calm and tame all day except for the end of the stages and the end, and the finish of the race. I, I just thought they wouldn't really go race and that they would be kind of sending a message of like, all right, like right, we're, we're not happy with the safety of this car. We're not going to go put ourselves in unnecessary danger at Talladega. Um, but there was really – it was pretty much two by two like the entire day.
1: Yeah. I mean you typically in Talladega races at some point in the middle portion, things settle down guys ride single file i thought it was gonna be kind of that but because there's two track position was going to be key you knew it was going to be tough to pass here and if you're going to get stage points and you're looking at the championship you can't forego track position to send whatever message you're trying to send and you have to put yourself up front which means some of these guys are going to have to make moves early well in advance you can't just say hey last 10 laps of stage one we're going to go for it you've got to do it well in advance i kind of thought it was just going to be I'm not saying they're slamming into each other, but I, I did think they were going to kind of race. They were going to be racing.
0: Well, and they raced hard. They did. Race I mean, really. there was know, a lot Chastain of. Chastain
1: said afterwards, like his stomach
0: was in knots because he was absolutely convinced that they were going to wreck. And and he said he kept pulling his his Hans clip tighter. He kept pulling his belts <laughs> tighter. Um, he said he just standing there. He he could not believe that they had just made it through that and, and and not wrecking because he said we we tried to wreck. I mean, we were given everything we had. Um, but it, it just seemed like, um, with this car, I guess it's, they, some of the drivers were saying that the teams have got it driving a little bit better. Chase Briscoe said that, um, since Daytona even. Like, they learned some things at Daytona to get driving a little better. Um, plus, Talladega has an extra lane. Yeah, it's wide. It's, you know, it's yeah, wider. It's wider. And so, you know, they have some more room if, if there is yeah. some
1: sort of mistakes or something. It's not as narrow. And it's not... It doesn't wear tires here as much. Like, it, you know, you saw it today. Like, like Ryan Blaney, his final pit stop, took zero tires. Mm-hmm. You know, guys... Most guys took two tires. Like, you don't... Daytona is a tire wear... A little bit more of a tire wear track. So, it, it adds
0: up. I mean, I, I honestly was going into this race saying... Can we just please see like a a boring, uneventful race um, where just nobody gets hurt? And so from my perspective, it was actually a quite pleasant surprise because not only did you not have the, the big wreck where, you know, where somebody gets hurt or whatever, uh, or somebody goes through the fence or whatever can happen here. But it was actually quite entertaining race. I, I thought for I mean, well, it was fine. It this was, was, a it was a good race.
1: perfectly acceptable Play, uh, a Talladega race. It didn't have the big ones, which uh, I don't think you need. You saw good competitive you race. Need the, you need the tease or the potential that's, of the, the big the ones, te- but you don't actually yeah, have to the, have it happen. The titillation, right? Like, ooh, the, <laughs> the titillation. That's big, like that word, huh? Yeah, yeah. The titillation of the big one.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Sir,
1: you're sick. Okay. <laughs> that's what you, you said. Have a, I am you calling you. said he, you need the titillation of the big well, one. I did not say big one. Um, I will be calling HR on Monday. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> and why are you looking at me like that? I'm not doing anything. You're I, red, by the way. I, <laughs> you're really red. You don't, you're not very comfortable talking about this now. We're in a small, <laughs> a small room, and I'm just very embarrassed. Why does the word titillation make you me know, uncomfortable?
0: You're a guy who doesn't like to talk about when people have to pee. That in Rika, my friend Rika from uh, my t- longtime Twitter friend, who's been coming to Tweetups probably since 2009 or 2010, walked up to you today at the Tweetup and said, "I have to pee to get your reaction." Because it, you said it was TMI, but yeah. here you are talking about the titillation of the big one. I'm very comfortable, you know. Okay, you're very comfortable with that.
1: Anyway, uh, you need that. You need yeah. that possibility exactly. And you needed hard racing, and you got it. You got it. It was it was a strategy matchup of, of how to approach things, and it was kind of a, a chess match. And it was I was good. It was good. This was a very very good super speedway race. And if, it's too bad you can't have this all of the time because then a lot of the the issues and questions and controversy surrounding super speedways would, would, would vanish and people would be like, Oh, this is okay. <laughs> it's okay to build more of these tracks, but this was good. This was, this was nice.
0: Yeah. And I'm not saying it's, uh, I'm not saying it's my favorite super speedway package or race by any means. I mean, I like when they can race three wide. I like when they can follow the back and move back up and shoot. Yeah. The but and, I mean,
1: it also, it heightens the risk of, sure. Yeah. And so I'm just
0: saying for today, I didn't want any, I don't want to get see anybody else get hurt. I'm kind of done. um, I don't really have the stomach to see more drivers uh, get brain-rattling injuries um, for the rest of this year until they can NASCAR can hopefully get a fix um, in the off season and find up find some way to come up with with the rear clip or uh, something that gives a little bit more in the rear ends and um, and that would take a, a positive step toward toward this. But NASCAR just needs to get through the next five weeks without that's, just,
1: just, that's all it is. Yeah, right? just get through these next five weeks and hope that when you go to i mean really let's be honest las vegas and homestead are the two really i think las vegas um because you know homestead the tire wear and guys run really high at the wall too yeah they're so, already running next to the wall so you you know it's really the hits of when you slide back into the wall and your like body snaps and you're you know, that those are the hits that really hurt you and there's the potential for that at vegas let's be honest and mm-hmm. that's really it's like just get through these weeks however you need to do it just get through it get to the offseason then do whatever you need to do to the rear you know bumper structure and let's move forward and hopefully put this behind us.
0: Yeah. So with, with all of that, that's why I'm saying that this race at Talladega was better than I was anticipating or hoping for just because like I said, I would have been fine if, if they went out there and they were just like, ah, we're really not going to race much today. I would have said, ah, you know what? I hope people can understand that because, um, (laughs) these drivers have found themselves. It's fascinating because you see, this 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 entire crop of drivers have have come into the sport after the sort of safety revolution. Well, after this, you know, a lot, most of them. Yeah, and uh, you know that it's it's not that, and they've several made this point. And I, I, I the only reason I make this point is because you know you you'll have the occasional person on Twitter go, well, if, if it's dangerous, why do they sign up for this? They know what they're getting into. Of course, they know race car driving is dangerous. They don't not you know. Driving up to to drive high speed pillows around the track or something. How can
1: you drive a high speed pillow? I don't that's know. A horrible I mean, example.
0: You know, you tack four tires on anything, you can go fast. I guess. I, I, I don't know.
1: I would love to see a pillow, a motorized pillow. That's what we're talking. Okay, go, go for uh, it.
0: I mean, I I, I saw a motorized uh, chair race earlier this year on the Fox broadcast at sure. Fontana. You know, a motorized uh, Lazy Boy. Sure, I think. that's fair. So I mean, there you go. if you can do that, you can do a motorized pillow. Anyway, um, you know. The bottom line is like I, I just feel like um, I don't even know what my point was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
1: start talking about motorized pillows. I'm sorry, people don't sit on people sit on chairs. They don't sit on pillows.
0: Okay. Maybe um, magic
1: carpet rides? They like motorized magic carpets. It,
0: yeah, sure. Uh, like I legitimately I have no idea what I was talking about. So maybe You're you
1: were know. talking about safety and right, young that, drivers. And, oh yeah, yeah. They all came in since the try safety education. <now>. Thank
0: you. Yes. <laughs> try to keep up with myself. Oh, boy, what a long playoffs. Anyway, it's been a very
1: titillating podcast so far.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I just feel like they they have gotten all, all they've seen is safety go up and get better and get it better. More places add safer barriers more. OK, you know, somebody flips and they add, you know, the the Ryan Newman bar to the car mm-hmm. or something. You know, they, they've just gotten better and better and better. Now they get to this car and it's like the the baseline for what they thought was safety before has taken a step backwards. However, to whatever degree you want to argue, it's less safe. It is less safe because we're seeing more drivers get injured. Therefore, data would tell you it's less safe. Okay? So I just hope they can get to a baseline, back to the baseline of what drivers would expect for, like, the reasonable uh, minimum safety standards that they had in the old car. And then you could keep improving on it. Of course, you know, you, you can always get things safer. but. Um, you don't want to see that that go backwards, and so you know that's that's the big thing right now, and that will continue to be a, a point of conversation certainly for for the rest of this year. You would think.
1: I mean, it's not going away. I mean, as much as everybody would like to say, hey, let's just figure this out this week, and let's you know we don't have any problems. It's not that simple. Like they there is, if you read the story we wrote in the Athletic, that lays it out. Like their NASCAR is doing testing this week. They they they're not going to throw parts and pieces on this car without putting it through its paces, and. By the time you get through this, with well, how many weeks we left in the season? Five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six? Well, five. 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 And so, like, there's just not enough time, unfortunately. And now the well, kit- you
0: could let the teams build it. They don't want to do that, though.
1: <sighs> no. And there's, you know, the argument is, like, that's, I mean, this was not what this car was about. So Yeah, but this is sort of a safety borderline you know, How emergency. do you ensure that all, how do you ensure that the quality of a X team is the same quality as a Y team. It know, wouldn't right? be. That's, and right. then, that's how that's how, And yeah, then how is be. there not a performance? But you event.
0: can you inspect it. And then how you is there not inspection?
1: A, sure, but you're you've got five. It's not it's not fair with five races left in a championship. You're in you're inherently changing how the the racing is for the championship. That that to me doesn't yeah, but feel. You're, right. you're it you're feels trying protect
0: Drivers from concussions as well. Yeah,
1: right. I, I think the bigger thing is is this is something, the bigger story to me is not so much in the immediate because I feel like this is being solved. It's like, you need to step back and say, how did we get here and how do we make sure we don't have to go down this road again? And I think the drivers complained that, hey, we've been saying this for, I mean, you go back to 2020 when Byron crashed at Auto Club Speedway and he talked about it, how hard a hit that was. And it was a talking point then and it's been a talking point ever since. They've been saying like, I don't care what the data is. I know what my body's telling me and they feel ignored. And I am a data person and I understand the data and everything. But when people are telling you like, listen, this is how I feel, you have to take that into account. And so why has there been a disconnect between what the drivers have been saying and how they feel and where they are at with the comfort level? Versus what NASCAR has done or not done. And there feels like there's this gulf. And why did that gulf happen? And how do you prevent that gulf from opening up again? Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that it was to a point where you had guys say, boy, these these hits seem a little bit harder in tests. Yeah. But there also hadn't been that many tests. And there also hadn't been that many. That's wrecks. the thing
1: in the in the wrecks. There weren't that many. You had you had Byron at Auto Club. You had Austin Reddick, right? You had Redick. Yes, you had Austin Dillon here uh, at Charlotte on the Oval last fall. I forgot. I don't remember if it was. I think it was last fall before the season ended. Sorry, everything's bleeding. but
0: remember the story for the Austin Dillon last yeah. December was, "Hey, look how fast they fixed this car." Yeah. But they, I mean, they didn't have that, to get a new car. They
1: could fix it. They literally brought correctly. it up to their shop and welcome, repaired but, it, but brought it back. But the story wasn't no. hey,
0: he said, you know, he this hit feels felt hard. Well, it he, was look,
1: wow, this car is durable. I, I mean, I was there. I feel like he did say that car was like it was a hard hit. Like people I will say this.
0: But I, what I'm saying, the story was not. No, about no, the, the story was
1: not. But I will say the people who were here though, and we talked like everybody's like, Whoa, man, that hit was bad. Like, scary bad. So the it was there underneath, like, like well, and, and remember last July when
0: there was all the rumors about the killing the crash test dummy and how yeah. fired Talladega. up the drivers were. Um, you know, it, well, we were talking to him at Atlanta. Atlanta, but the yeah. test was at uh, Talladega. Here at Talladega, yeah. Um, and you know, then it turned out the video of that test, uh, I believe, had come out later, and it was just sort of one hit to the site. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they was taking a hit from every angle. And then you had Ryan Newman, um, in Phoenix yep. at the end of the season, saying basically like. Part, part of the reason I want to retire is uh, I don't I think this car is scary. I've looked at the data or whatever, and and it's I'm not getting the answers I want, and I don't want to drive it. And mm. you know some so anyway, the the point is of of bringing all these instances up is this is all along the drivers have been saying we're concerned about this. We're concerned about this. Um, June this year at Gateway, you had a lot of drivers starting to say in in the media bullpens, hey, like. These hits, they seem harder. Like, this is not... And so the more drivers who took hits in this car for the first time kept saying, wow, they're right. Yeah. Um, and then you had guys start um, getting injured. Um, you know, obviously the Kurt Busch thing was another domino to fall. But the Alex Bowman thing really seemed like that was The tipping sort of, point. Yes, yes. And you,
1: for twice now, you had two in very similar incidents and, on, and racetracks were high speed and they got hurt. And that doesn't happen very often. And that's good. It kind of reminded me of... It's a little bit of a disconnect, but kind of in some respects, you go back to like 13, there was a period of their years there where guys had a lot of back injuries, it felt like, vertebrae injuries. And I was like, well, wait a second, why is this happening so much? Like Eric Omrola had it, Hamlet had it. I feel like we're leaving somebody else out. Um, But it was like, why is that happening? And that, you know, where's the energy of the car going and that kind of thing? But you see this and you start questioning it, and it raises the red flag.
0: So you, you would start it by asking, how does this disconnect happen? I think that, you know, the car had already been delayed for a year. Um, and NASCAR was at the point where it's just like, look, we're, we're going to get this car out and it's it's going to be on track. Like, yeah. and I think they maybe thought like, all right, well, hopefully it's not, you know, hopefully the drivers just feel like, oh, these hits are a little bit harder. But it's still safe and the car is going to hold up well and the data shows it's going to hold up well. But there wasn't enough data to show that, you know, the concussions were Going to be a thing because people hadn't been, I mean, been driving it yet. So you, you
1: made a really, really great point there. And I think about this: you go back to the the old car and this car rolling out. Like the teams, the, the, this car was supposed to be out in 2021, and then the pandemic happened. And it pushed everything off, and the teams for just that to happen were like, "Oh man, this is going to be a mad scramble." We're already like getting rid of parts and pieces, and so you couldn't the the, the mindset of, and I don't even want to say it's just NASCAR because it is the teams are culpable in this as well. It was we can't we can't push this off again. We don't have the inventory here. We don't have the manpower cuz remember a lot of teams didn't necessarily fire people, but they didn't hire people when people left, right? Cuz there was a mass exodus of people saying, well, they're not really needed here cuz and so the teams were like we can't we we can't go keep was a generation 6 car is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't continue racing this car cuz we can't we don't have any more. We need to move forward. Plus, there was the promise of costing or cost coming down and well you had had teams starts coming to come into the sport based on yeah. the new the m- business model of, yeah yeah and so like there's all these outside forces and i guess we're talking about it now it starts to make sense of coming together of why like you couldn't delay it you know you couldn't do more testing if you wanted to
0: and i don't think that nascar thought that the drivers were going i think they thought okay again like this car is sturdy, and you know, yeah, they're saying it's a stiffer hit, but they'll be okay. And they were looking thing, right? at the numbers, like, and yeah. the
1: number and their numbers from their tests were you know, I'm not saying they're wrong because the numbers are the numbers, but you do have to, like, as has come out since, like, you've got to take everything into account. I mean, car angle, speed. Well, you can
0: understand the driver's frustration, though, because. We we just laid out all the reasons this thing was going to be moving along, and then they but th- from their perspective they've been saying hey we've been raising red flags on this for a long time now nobody listened to us now you're finally acknowledging publicly in a sense it seems like that okay there's a problem and that we're you know going to fix the rear ends or we're going to test it they're you know they're uh, going to do a, a crash test this week in Ohio um, you know they, they've Apparently been computer modeling new ways to do the rear clips. And they're going to probably come up with this solution for the start of next season. But the drivers are like, why, you know, why has it taking it so long to get to this point? Why couldn't we have done this sooner? Um, we've been telling you there's a problem. So that that's why all this frustration is coming out now. And, you know, I, I can absolutely understand why. I mean, I, I get, I get it. it.
1: I get it, too. I mean, you, you're seeing your peers injured. You think, hey, I could be next. They mean these are in accidents that before drivers largely want. Largely walked away from. Well, especially like the Bowman type impact. Agreed. It looks like nothing. Yeah, I mean, and you look at it and you're like, okay, this is this is alarming, and we have a, and thrown the fact that oh by the way we're also going to Talladega next week, and we still have two races on a mile and a half racetracks, particularly one in Las Vegas that is a little worrisome, and yeah, you, you start to look at this a little bit, so. um NASC meeting with drivers next weekend. I think the eighth, if I'm not mistaken, October eighth. I think Saturday. How much would you love to be a fly on that wall? Oh,
0: I mean, yeah, you'd you'd think that that was going to be uh, there's going to be some airing of grievances. Oh my god, I would pay um, infinite
1: amount of money to like just just sit in the corner. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that would be uh, wow. That would be that would be something. I tell you what, like that would be. uh I would love to hear. I mean, I don't even know. I Although, I don't know what, what else you could say. I mean, you've said everything in the media. No, but what I would I do mean, is like, like Harvick I, and Hamlin. Oh, my
1: God. So, I would want to sit. I would want Kevin Harvick to sit on one side of me, and I want Denny Hamlin to sit on the other side of me. And as NASCAR is giving their presentation, I'm like whispering and like Harvick's like, you listening to this? Do you hear what they're saying? Are you believing this? Oh, you'd be egging. It oh, on. Hunter, you know me. You come do Yes, you know me well enough to know I'd be. Doing, and I'm like, Danny, do you believe this? You're a team owner. Like, you, listen to this. They're <laughs> telling you that you're gonna have to pay for. this.
0: I don't think they need to be egged on, Jordan. Danny, have Denny, you listened to what they've been saying? I know, but uh,
1: <laughs> Danny, you're gonna have to pay for this. How much is that gonna cost you? Oh my goodness. And just sit back
0: and just let the fireworks go. Speaking of of um, Can't you worry. know, letting them say what they want. I almost keep waiting for, like, the fines to come back. But NASCAR has been... I mean... I
1: think we're getting to that. I I don't think it's going to happen for Denny's comments this week. I think, you know, he... Basically. He said NASCAR is negligent and needed to change the whole leadership. I agree, and not coincidentally, NASCAR president Steve Phelps had a meeting with Denny Hamlin today, um, and Denny was
0: like, <laughs> "Denny was like, well, <laughs> I wasn't talking about <laughs> Steve Phelps. I love Steve Phelps. He's a great guy, greatest leader in NASCAR
1: history. Love Steve Phelps. No, he said, he said I've, he's the, the <laughs> yeah. I've the guy I've gotten along best yeah. over the years. We have a great His relationship. We is, talk all the time. I love the direction he's got. You know, I don't want to bug him. He's got, yeah, it, it was uh. It was a very 180. Uh,
0: well, but no, um, I think it was almost a clarification. Like pretty much, like I'm talking about the competition, guys.
1: Yeah, that that's fair. You, you're mean, right. It's a clarification, I and mean, yeah, you're right. It was a, it was very. I much don't think sh-
0: he was backing down and and like suddenly being. No, like,
1: it was he likes Phelps's vision for the sport, but on the on the racetrack and competition, where this is really the problem. But I'm sure Phelps was like. Yo, what the hell, man? Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you want
0: the entire leadership? Because, you know, Denny Hamlin said that the leadership from the top, start at the top down. Yeah. He's pretty close to the top, Steve Phelps. Yeah. He's I mean, present. he's.
1: he's- it's largely second or third, depending yeah, on who you Jim look France, at, and really. Lisa Kennedy. I mean, yeah. so he's third. I mean, yeah. So I'm sorry. So you want me to be fired? Is that what you're saying? Today? Yeah. Yeah. But what, like, what do you
0: mean you, they need to change leadership and bad leadership? Yeah. Thing?
1: And I, it was, I'm not, we don't know exactly what was said. It seems like it was a positive meeting from the little bit we know. And I would kind of got to think though, like there was probably a message delivered of like, Hey, like you, you, you're, you're there. Like you're, you're on that line. Like, we're going to maybe give you this one but we ain't giving you any more so I, I feel like the next shot if you will from anybody is probably going to result in a fine
0: well and then um you know you you and i did a, a joint story and your reporting was um that you know jeff burton had a uh, jeff burton is the head of the driver advisory council and he had a meeting with the drivers on friday to sort of quell uh, some of the discontent and try to get like the Harvicks and, and Hamlins of the world to stop being so uh, public and, and blasting NASCAR to try to get everybody on the same page, try to go behind the scenes a little bit. Now, it didn't work with uh, Hamlin because he...
1: Didn't work with Harvick either. Harvick, talked, <laughs> Harvick was pretty vocal this weekend too. Yeah, maybe not quite no, as... No, 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 definitely not as, as far as Hamlin, but... I mean, or, or as even compared to Harvick's previous yeah comments, but...
0: but um, but yeah, I mean, clearly, um, it, and what's interesting too, is like, you know, one of Denny Hamlin's comments was, <clears throat> oh, these young guys, you know, they they just want us to speak for them and, um, they should start using their voice more because, you know, they're not going to like it. Um, you know, when their brains are scrambled, uh, then Ross Chastain, after the race went out of his way to go, you know, I heard Denny say that, you know, we don't speak up, you know, enough and, and we're just happy to be here. And he's like, well, um. Denny Hammond doesn't speak for every driver in the garage. Some of us have different opinions, and some of us not saying anything says something in itself. So um, basically saying Denny doesn't speak for me, for Ross Chastain. So
1: He um, isn't the only driver that said that this week, and I talked to. And I think you're in the same boat with the people you probably talked to as well. Like, there's i don't want to put a number on it but there's there's drivers who are looking at this and saying they don't speak for me like i don't agree with how they're what they're saying or how they're doing it or but a lot of the drivers do let's be honest the, I again mean, I there there's i don't i don't even know what the number is i feel like i don't even i couldn't say it's even 50 50 i don't know but i mean there, there's definitely uh, a narson
0: elliot mm-hmm. blaney have all endorsed what yeah. harvard hamlin yeah. so saying, there's five
1: so. six there i mean i don't know i mean it's whatever the number is the number is but like there it's it's very easy to paint this with a broad brush and i don't think that's the case you can't right
0: paint. it is easy to say all the drivers feel this way and it's not but yeah
1: and there's drivers to be frankly from my reporting i is like there are some drivers who look at this and say this is what they're saying publicly but are the actions behind the scenes matching up with the words like are you putting in the work behind the scenes are you just airing your grievances publicly
0: well and and you know, Harvick and Hamlin have increasingly got to the point where I think, I, I think, you know, somebody has said, you know, why is this happening now? Why are we hearing so much about this now? Um, I think for largely the first half of the year, um, I think you even, uh, Kyle Larson, said it in his press conference um, yesterday. Um, oh, Dustin Albino was telling me about this. Uh, I, I was, I was, uh, I had missed that part of the Larson availability. Um, During his media scrum, but he said Larson's comment was, um, you know, we were we were we were telling everybody what NASCAR wanted us to be saying uh, in the first part of the year. Um, We were we were saying what we were supposed to be saying or whatever. And now we've sort of gotten to a point where um, it didn't work. Like we felt like we weren't being listened to enough. It didn't get the changes we wanted. And so now everybody felt like they had to be more vocal. So um, and that's why I think, you know, Harvick has ratcheted it up slowly I mean, his, he was, you know, he would be critical at times or say something, but after like the fire thing at Darlington, that at Kansas, that was when he really went off and said, I'm going to really speak out about this car. That was the first time that he really, really like teed off hard on it. I th- I think,
1: um, I feel like he had said something in August and let's go back and look where uh,
0: he said other things, but I'm yeah, saying like, that, that was, was like, the, like, all right, this is ridiculous. And like, then yeah. since, and then Hamlin, um, Came
1: back. and then he started making t-shirts.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, the Harvick's crappy parts, um, her Happy's, uh, I did ask him about t shirt
1: sales, by the way. He didn't know the numbers. I was yeah. disappointed about that. Um, anyway,
0: we got off on a tangent about no, safety, but it's, a, it's an important topic because it's been, yeah, crude, and, like and the if topic you, you haven't
1: weekend. read the story, if you don't know, or you're in more it, go check out the story in the athletic.
0: Yeah. Actually, uh, I will, I will pin it to my profile maybe for a couple days. Um, so it's at the top of my Twitter profile because we, we pretty much did a roundup, um, of all the various things concerning this, um, or that was the talk of the weekend, if you want to read it, uh, I'll pin it to my Twitter
1: profile. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, so back to the playoff. I mean, we we started talking about the playoff drivers and how they fared in this race. Let's let's uh run down some more of them. Um the the Ross Chastain element of it, I mean that that he looks to me, he looks really, really comfortable now in super speedways. He won Talladega earlier this year and he was making moves today where you thought that guy he, he looks like he belongs. Yeah. I mean he he really was out there and um you know, I, I just thought he he drove a really good race. Smart race. Not not the over aggressive. Not the, we've, seen stuff really. we've seen it before. We've
1: seen him before in super speedway races and, and races other races where he pushes it too far and he puts himself in a bad spot. But right. today was like very controlled, very measured, left here with a really good finish and he's in a good spot now where he gets to round three, which is great for us because if he makes it to round three, it means he's going to go to Martinsville, playoff eligible, and who knows what's going to happen there, Jeff. Nah, I, I don't think anything's going to happen at this point. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't. It,
0: it, it, nobody's, nobody's mad enough at him that they're going to take him out of a chance to make the final four. That's, that's taking it too far. To, to, to pay, but what, what, who owes them something?
1: Even Hamlin. You never know. I'm just I'm, the, the possibility is certainly there, and that's all the carrot I need. It's titillating. All right.
0: Well, uh, the other thing about uh, you know Hamlin, uh, you know he's so Ross is plus twenty eight. Hamlin um, put himself in position
1: today where he leaves plus twenty one going to the Roval, which is good for him because he, I mean twenty one's a lot of points. But Toyotas have struggled on road courses this year. And so it's no guarantees they're going to go there and have some kind of mat. You know, they're they're not going to necessarily be guaranteed to run well.
0: Yeah. Well, my point was going to be that if he advances out of the Roval, um, he's not going to waste his time as, still, as long as he's still playoff eligible. Messing with, Chastain. Sure. That that would make no sense. I mean, that would be seriously self defeating.
1: Unless he's already clinched a spot going into Martinsville, he doesn't care.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. But um, I mean, that would be like Harvick getting too caught up in Elliott last year and basically ruining his own.
1: Har- yeah, I mean, but again, it, but hole. if Harvick is if, if Hamlin wins at Las Vegas, which they're very fast a mile and a half racetracks, mm-hmm. or Homestead, where he's won before and they're very fast a mile and a half racetracks, you got nothing to race for at Martinsville, man. You go there, you put your feet up. You're not even racing for points. Yeah, but then you get you get retaliated against at the championship
0: you race of Phoenix. That's Yeah, stupid. no,
1: you can't can do that because NASCAR is very clear. Is incredibly clear. I mean, they made it that you are not to mess with the championship drivers at Phoenix, in the uh, final. They have about that. they it's... they have said that. I mean, they, there's a reason why. Like we have seen it time after like guys almost like literally move over for. I mean, they... I think Hamlin would be. I think Hamlin
0: would be an idiot if he's going for his first championship the next week. Knows he's locked into the final sure. four. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go at Martinsville and retaliate on Ross Chastain for like Gateway and stuff, and. You know, like I'm I, not saying he's not an idiot, and it also doesn't even have to be Denny Hamlin. There's a
1: laundry list of guys. No,
0: nobody wants to get Chastain back that no, that much that they would take him out of a potential Final Four spot. That's not something you pay it back later for that. You can get him next season. It's not. I, that means nothing next year. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, who who's mad enough at him
1: for something? That I don't. And honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. But the possibility certainly exists. Okay. And it, it's 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 a storyline. The titillation of the big one. So you used
0: it now. Don't get mad at me. Um, Joey Logano is fifth in points. He's plus 18. But um, again, we talked about he... He's going to kick himself today. He's, you know, that that was really, really interesting. Because he, he was the most outspoken one against. I don't like, you know, these guys go to super speedways and they just ride in the back. That's not right. That's not working. You know, like that was what he had said last week. You shouldn't be rewarded for not working. Everybody else just wrecks and you don't go up there and race hard. Um, And then he said, you know, in his quotes afterwards, I tried that for the first time ever. I just thought, you know, these guys are all going to wreck and it it didn't work out. And so now um, he was the points leader coming into this. And now he's, I mean... If he has a bad Roval, all of a sudden he could be in trouble.
1: This is something to look at. It's like his teammate Blaney finished second. His other teammate Austin Sindrick finished top 10. So let's conservatively say, just conservatively, say Logano finishes 10th, right? That's, what is that, 27-10? I mean, it's 17 points there. Or even top fifteen. I mean, but I mean, let's just—I say, I mean, that's potentially seventeen points, conservatively. Yeah, that he left on the table, which are really big. You take those seventeen points back, you're basically penciling his name into round three. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. This but could be something he looks he,
0: back on and like. I think he already probably was is. after the yeah. race. I mean, I mean, but but again, to his credit, like we talked about earlier in the show, who would have thought that they would make it through that and not wreck? They always wreck. But I understand I mean, that. I but
1: uh, to me, I look at these races and how they're often won, they, I mean, the guys who run up front tend to do well. Yeah. That's just crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, so below Logano, you have Kyle Larson plus 18. He said after the race, I feel like I'm always about right, right around there going into Roval about plus 18 or so. Yeah, won there last year. Um, good road course racer. He didn't seem particularly worried. Should be fine. Um, yeah. He, he should be okay. And you know, he had sort of an up and down day today. He ends up finishing 18th. He was, Higher than that. I think he got shuffled out. Yeah, he was um, running up front for a good chunk of the race. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after Larson, you have Suarez plus 12. And Suarez, um, you know, he got a top 10 today. Uh, he finished eighth. Um, both track house cars in the top 10. Um, you know, Suarez is, is you know, for, for a guy who a lot of people said, all right, this is the round where Suarez is probably going to go out. Well, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's one on a road course. Um, Trackhouse has been very good on road courses. Yep. And so, I mean, you have to feel like he's in he's in decent shape to make it to the round of
1: eight. Both yeah, he and Chastain. And I think it's important to give him credit. Like, I know I had him out in round one of my bracket and, like, give him credit for, like, doing this. And this is the first time in the playoffs. And he just, it's not sexy. He's not going out there and putting up, you know, great finishes. He's just knocking out solid, good finishes. And that's what you need to do sometimes.
0: I mean, what we're looking at now is you could have more track house cars potentially um, in the top ten, or sorry, in the top eight in the final eight yeah. than Joe Gibbs Racing cars. Very realistic with Christopher Bell's problems. Yep. So uh, on the cutoff line right now is Chase Briscoe. He is tied for the final spot with Austin Sindrick. Um Two great road racers. Um, had success at the Roval before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna mean I think Briscoe has actually put himself in really good position. Uh, because you know he had that he had a bad car at Texas, and then salvaged mm-hmm. a, a, a fifth place finish yeah, fifth or something, finish. Um, and then Cindric for the damage he had today to, to be able to come back and finish top ten, that was a, a relief for him. Uh, so they're they're both still in it, and those are
1: both people again that
0: a lot of people said would be gone
1: and, early, and they're doing. I think it's very commendable what they're doing. Like they are, it, it's not anything you look at and you are like, oh wow, they're blowing your doors off, but they just keep they're capitalizing other people's mistakes, which is sometimes all you need to do. Well, I mean, t- so Kyle Larson
0: came to the tweet up today. That was really cool. And we were talking to um, some of the fans, answering fan questions. And one of the things that um, Larson said was, you know, last year he he won in this sort of traditionally uh, dominating fashion for a champion. You know, he won 10 races. He had this incredible season and then capped it off with the championship. This year is different. It's a different feel. It's about sort of just surviving and doing just enough to make it to the next round. Um, it's, you know, we. It seems like championships could be won a different way now, um, starting with this year, and Sindric and um, Briscoe. If one of them makes it, I mean, yeah. to the final eight, that's a perfect
1: example. That's a, and that's a huge accomplishment for either one of those. Like just survive in advance. That's all this is. It's like you see in other tournaments sometimes where. Just find a way to win. Find a way to get through however you need to. It doesn't have to be pretty. Just do it. So the real uh, interesting wrinkle of this (laughs) is
0: William Byron is 11 points below the cut line. Um, However, uh, he could be getting points back, maybe or maybe not, depending on how his appeal goes this week. Um, Since we last spoke, uh, NASCAR issued a 25-point Penalty to William Byron for um, his actions of spinning Denny Hamlin at Texas. Of course, as we documented, they did not see that at the time, and so they had to retro- retroactively go back um, in the middle of the week and say, "Okay, we're going to find you and penalize you points." So William Byron, uh, he would be above the cut line. Yeah, um, he would be like six or seventh in points or something. Um, without that, I guess seventh in points. But um, so. I mean, do you think there's any chance he gets points back, and that changes the dynamic? Of what we're talking about here? Uh,
1: I don't see the grounds on which Hender can appeal this. Like, unless your argument is like this is not something that NASCAR can do after the fact, but the rule book kind of my interpretation of it, says that you, they can, and they did to No. Gregson, by the way, earlier this year you know, after Road America. Well, I think
0: their argument from reading between the lines, their argument would seem to be that. Okay, you penalize somebody twenty five points during the regular season, which is you know you divide that over twenty six race, basically a point of race season. Yeah, and that's that's the penalty for it. You penalize somebody twenty five points in a playoff round. That's a very severe, in a three race round that's very severe. Now the other thing too, their argument is now wait a minute, had they you know they said an mm. option was had they seen it, uh, one of the things they could have done is put him at the back. Yep. Uh, tail in the longest line or whatever, yep. he would have definitely. I mean, he said this this weekend. There, there's no way he would have lost 25 points at that point. He would have made up. Maybe he would have ended up losing.
1: 14 let's, just or to, let's just split it. Let's just split it. He gets back 13. Like you know, whatever. Okay, so that, if he gets back 13, you put him a, over the exactly. cut Exactly, and that's so. that is my issue with this. I mean, I, we already talked about what happened in Texas. That that just can't happen. You can't. You know, how you miss that beyond me. And that's my issue with this: is now retroactively saying, "Oh, we're going to penalize twenty-five points." Well, one, it needs to be in the race, and two, that give that. I mean, this is a in-race infraction that should be in the race handled. And now that's up to them now to hand. You know, and it could have been multiple laps. Maybe they, you know, we've seen that before where they have hold people for a lap or whatever. But at least then Byron's going to have an option to come back. He probably would get some of that back, and that's that is just why it's like. <laughs> It just feels like this door's been open, right? Like, and now, like, NASCAR messed up last weekend. Now they're retroactively taking points, and it's like, I I don't feel good about any of this.
0: Yeah. I think maybe a 10 or 15-point penalty would have been in line, but 25 seems a little bit much. That's a fair point.
1: Like, yeah, like, if you're going to penalize them because you You have have to do do something and send a message, right? Yeah. Well, again, should have happened during the race. But let's make it modular, you know, whatever it is, ten between ten and fifteen, so it's not crippling, but it's also it it does it does hurt you, right, right. So then we come to Christopher Bell, and we talked about
0: this Jeez. close to the open of the show. Um, I mean, just what a turn, you know. He he went into Texas and went into round two, saying um, after Bristol, he's like, you know, because. I had written a, an item like, Hey, he's the new championship favorite. He had three top fives in that round. Yeah, average ever finished fourth. I mean, he, he was doing fantastic. And, and it was like, and I said, do you, you do you feel like you're the championship favorite? And he said, well, if I can get through this next round and, and a lot of it depends on how, how well I can do at Texas, because I'm really nervous about Dega and the Roval. I don't want to have to go there and try to, you know, cause I don't have enough playoff points to overcome anything. And then they end up going to Texas and had two flat tires spun out, had a,
1: Terrible finish and in a race where they were very fast. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, part of that might have been because they were doing something with the tires. And you said that, not me, but um, that might be the case. So, but anyway, I mean, he was exactly right because now he's in a position where I mean, he's thirty-three points out, and
1: it must win. He's gonna have
0: to win the Roval, and and we've talked all year long about how bad Toyota's been on road courses. It's a he very difficult task.
1: Now the only saving grace is he is a good road course racer. He's yep. won of them before, and he's been kind of the one Toyota driver this year who's done consistently well on road courses. If I if I looked at the numbers, yeah, of like
0: didn't he have a, a pretty decent like qualifying? I think at Watkins Glen yeah. and um, he yeah he's he's been the best Toyota on road courses. But there's but, a difference between running in the top
1: ten, right? And if you and have to go win, win, and that's not saying it can't happen. We've seen crazy things happen at the Roval, but it just feels like his fate is kind of out of his hands. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty stunning turn of events. and uh, Wow. And also, these players are cruel, man. I mean, this yeah. that, that's what this is, though. I mean, they, we've seen it before with yeah. Harvick. I mean, with Keselowski and Truex in 16, like, the, this is you can be on top feeling good, like, man, we're going to make a championship run, and the next thing you know, you're getting Matt Kenseth out at Martinsville, and you're not going to win the championship.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, Alex Bowman. Um, if if he can return, he will be in a must win. Obviously, yeah. And
1: he's done well at the role in the past. Hendrick's Motorsport Road Course program is very, very good. You know, Well really, that'd be
0: a comeback story, huh? Oh
1: man, that would be great.
0: I mean, that would be huge. that'd be unbelievable. That'd be that's insane. that's really tough, but um, it's gonna be tough. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah, he's back. He's he's uh, fifty four f- points out. So yeah, I mean, it'd be if unfortunate you miss a race. You can't miss a race in a three race round and expect you're gonna.
1: No, I just, I really hope he comes back at the role because you don't want to see his playoff, which was doing really well, like be yeah. decided by something out of his control. Yeah.
0: So that'll be interesting. I mean, really, the it, hopefully we'll find out sooner than later about the appeal and um, how that all will shake out, um, you know, for, for Byron. And we'll see it, whether it's uh, Briscoe and Sindrick tied on the cut line or um, whether they're below um, Byron by. I guess whatever, however many, however many points he he would get back. Who knows how many?
1: <laughs> the, I mean, they are kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. But there's potential. Like the round of eight is going to have some unusual names. Like right now, like Suarez, uh, one of the Cinder Austin or Chase. And, you know, it's it's. You know, I mean, brisk, kind uh, of I would throw Chast- Chastain in there. I was gonna, yeah, exactly. Like it's you're kind of looking at some guys that you would have you would have said this before the year. You were like, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, again, me.
0: Who said that track has to be the most disappointing team in the season? Don't say anything. I, I'm, uh, trying not
1: to be, I'm trying to be nicer, Jeff.
0: Well, that's very nice. Thank you. You must have heard the feedback from our listeners. No, no that is. Mother, I was going to say, and your my mother.
1: Okay, your side of the fence. Yes, my side of the fence. One of our the guys that tweeted up today, man, was like, "I love when you give Jeff, you know, grief."
0: Yeah. Well. So good for you.
1: I'm trying to take the high road. Um,
0: let's see. What else should we talk about from? Uh, this talladega weekend and experience i don't know we think we covered everything didn't we okay well let's do the was it a good race poll then all right um i think you won what last are week people gonna see? i did win this last congratulations yeah. thank you i only missed about 0.4 like percent <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's good for you um what uh what are people going to say on this one boy i have to go first too i'm not used to going first i'm used to you winning the poll every week all i do is win jeff not not this week no nope. um this is going to be a tough one because I mean, it wasn't like the sort of typical Talladega race, but it wasn't a bad race. Um, and you had, did have a popular winner. So you'd have to probably add a little bit for that. Ooh, good finish. Yeah. I mean, good finish. Um, uh, 82%. That's a good number.
1: That's a, that's a really good number. Um, boy. Oh man. Um, you're really putting
0: some fun to this
1: i am because I, I feel like it could go higher because i could see like people are like hey that was fun that was you know wild race good finish competitive didn't have the kind of the craziness some people get turned off by that let's be honest like yeah you know, yeah 82 is that's a really really good number um i could do a prices right you should Jeff. no I'm you gonna, should. i am not gonna be like that um i'm gonna say 78. percent 78. Okay. Okay. I, I'm probably going to lose. I, I think it's probably going to be higher. I feel like it's no, I don't wait. I don't know. I it's, mean, it's, let's just go be. 78. All right. 78 for you, 82 for me. Okay
0: Formula one, we woke up early (laughs) because our plan was, okay, we're going to watch the formula one race, the start, drive to the track, watch the finish. Didn't turn out that way over in Singapore. Um, We actually did get to see the start because it was delayed uh, for an hour. Um, Then we didn't get to see the finish and most of the race. So it's hard to talk about too much of it. But of course, um, Checo ends up winning and it seemed like it kind of came down to the start. I mean, Checo, he he started second after uh, Leclerc won the poll, and he just got a better start than Leclerc. And Leclerc, try as he might, uh, he was never able to make that up. I mean, he pushed hard the whole time, it, it seemed like, from what I saw anyway. Um, but Sergio Perez gets his second win of the year, both on street courses. He won at Monaco also. Um, meanwhile, Max Verstappen had all sorts of headaches and and problems he was really frustrated it seemed like i mean uh, he was frustrated and qualifying with the the fuel thing that made him aboard his final lap um and then you know he was getting stuck behind cars today couldn't pass then he he's finally about to pass and his brakes lock up and he has to go off and and uh spins back around has to come back in for flat tires so it was just uh like the most frustrating day for max verstappen and by the way he's still finishing the points he did so um Yes, he's not you know, he's not the champion yet, but um one race closer essentially, although Leclerc made up some points and Perez made up some points, but championship's over. I mean, yeah, uh, he could still win it in Japan. So I
1: actually I can't believe I'm going this. I actually feel for for Ferrari here. For, let me start over. I actually feel for Ferrari here. Say that fast five times. Um like they they do well in qualifying for Stappen, you know who's got this massive win streak. Like stumbles in qualifying and just and has a really bad start. You're like okay, he's out. Like this is our day, and it, this course sets up really well for Ferrari. Like it's a low doubt, it's a low high breaking low speed track, which kind of negates a little bit of Red Bull's advantage. You're like okay, finally something is going our way, and it's still guess what? A Red Bull wins. It's like yeah, it's just they are just it's just that kind of year for Red Bull. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy, too, is like for all
0: of Ferrari's speed um, with both cars, like every single week, this was their first double podium since um, the Miami race in May. Jeez.
1: <laughs> and that was a time when Leclerc was very much in the championship. Right. And, and we like, thought it was going
0: to come down to the wire with those two like all year Yeah,
1: you know? and it just never, they you know, it's, they didn't have execution. They, it feels like their speed is kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, too. Like there's some weeks where they're just blown out of the water and i mean today's a good example like they they sh- maybe why did they not capitalize on this why was red bull so much better and it, it didn't matter and then lewis looked like he was going to be kind
0: of competitive um today and then um made a mistake and uh, ended up having to get his whole mm-hmm. like front wing replaced and yeah,
1: when you don't have the same skill set as you once did oh, mistakes I tend to happen more
0: counting. Where did George Russell finish today? I
1: honestly don't know because I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Behind Lewis Hamilton. Okay, great.
1: So. Is George Russell still ahead of Lewis in the standings? I don't know. I haven't looked. Okay. But probably, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, also sorry, has more, we don't know. Also, really
1: have... also has more podiums, has laps led, you know, better average finish, I believe. So that's cool. You know,
0: Jordan was like looking this up. Um, before like during the race like he was getting he was sitting next to me in the media center getting ready for the podcast going oh george has this george has so then when jeff brings up that i said lewis has fork in his back
1: research and setting and putting the time in to make sure that this podcast hits its optimal peak performance jeff i wish you did the same the race was still going on when you were looking at these stats to start
0: bragging about to counter whatever i was going to say late hours later (laughs) you're welcome oh man so um The Roval's next, and uh, who knows what kind of race that's going to be. I mean, we have typically seen craziness, but um, on road courses this year, in general, not so crazy. The racing, not so crazy, because these cars are made for road courses, so they drive much better. So maybe it'll not be as wild, strung out, maybe. Yeah, the
1: only thing I'll say about that, and you're right, largely, right, but those are natural road courses right they have more runoff areas you know you know wider confines Roval is unforgiving (laughs) like you get off track here like you hit a wall like i mean it's it's kind of like a street course in that sense so that you know if you're looking for trying to find some glimmer of hope of why this road course race is going to be different from the other ones i would look at that
0: yeah that's fair that's fair um yeah i don't really know what to expect honestly and then uh, round three would be Las Vegas,
1: Homestead, Martinsville. Martinsville, Halloween weekend. Are we dressing up for anything for Halloween? I'm going go to dress
0: up as you and go shop at like some 1970s thrift store to imitate your fashion. So
1: Okay. First of all, I don't dress in like
0: 1970s. Anyway, and then off to um, Phoenix to for the championship. <laughs> I don't
1: dress like a 1970s. Like, this is a nice, stylish, modern shirt. I don't... Mm-hmm. Anyway okay, Dad, that's cool. I could dress as a dad
0: there you yeah go.
1: We, we should do that that would be funny. We should do that. You dress as me, I'll dress as you. I will go with some like new balance sneakers and perfect some dad jeans
0: anyway, everybody. <laughs>
1: uh i tried to be nice i couldn't even make it through the whole episode i tried five minutes goes um, i'm being so much i tried i I got like the last 30 seconds of the episode (laughs) and then it just all went to hell it
0: just collapsed you know that was the big one right there you know you you tried to make it through a whole race without a big one and then you just completely blew it and wadded up the entire field with your meanness your your sharp tongue nature uh, whoa, what a disaster. <laughs> what an absolute disaster. Ooh. Oh, boy. Well, you can try again next week. That's the good news. Yeah, yeah. New,
1: so. ride, new race, new week. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on The Teardown.